This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host, Corliss, is a modern-day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi, everyone. This is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it. My name is Corliss, and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. I found myself coasting through life feeling unfulfilled, and deep inside, I knew there was more to me than I was living. I went looking for answers, and I found them by listening to inspiring people and having meaningful conversations. That is what we will do here for you. Whatever you are looking for, I am glad you are here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This is episode 002, and we are talking about becoming an EOO. Henry Ford said, when everything seems to be going against you, remember that the airplane takes off against the wind, not with it. And as Stephen Covey teaches, we develop character muscles by overcoming challenges and obstacles. I have personally learned in my lifetime that true character is revealed in times of challenge, not in times of triumph. It is when we are down, not up, that we see what we're really made of. I believe you are made for greatness. I believe you are a leader. But as people, we experience life's highs and lows. I bet you have faced difficulties and been challenged to rise. Maybe life has knocked you down and you had a hard time getting back up. We all have times in our lives where it's hard to find the strength to keep going and we can't see the gifts within the challenge. Well, today's guest calls herself an expert obstacle overcomer and I am so excited for you to meet her. Before we start our conversation with Gina, I'd like to offer you this thought starter. Think back for a moment about a personal challenge you have faced, one that when you were in the moment of it, you felt powerless, trapped, or hopeless. Now fast forward to the present. Think about how you did get through it, even when it seemed impossible at the time. Now, really challenge yourself to see the gifts in the experience. Maybe you had to restart after the end of a relationship. Maybe you finally started that business you always wanted to when you were devastated by losing the secure one that you had. Whatever it was that you went through, you got through it, and it landed you here with experiences that helped you become who you are today. You are more than you may believe you are. You are greater than your circumstances, and you have the power to triumph over anything you may face. You have already proven that you can because those things you never thought you'd get through, you did, and you are still here standing today. I believe your past doesn't define you. It's prepared you for what's next. It served a purpose, and it's made you who you are today. Maybe you agree with my perspective. 
In most cases, we can find our greatest gifts through our times of greatest difficulty. And today's guest is going to inspire you to do that for sure. So let's get started. Gina Whitlock-Fletcher is a vibrant forward thinker. She is a mother, an Amazon best-selling author, and a top business leader who just happens to have MS. After her diagnosis in 1995 and alongside her deteriorating mobility, she built her way to the top level of a direct sales company creating a multi-million dollar organization with consultants and leaders spanning the globe. She earned the title of Expert Obstacle Overcomer, or EOO, as she navigated life's many hurdles. When facing declining mobility, crippling pain, infertility, and career change, she leaned in and discovered alternate paths to her end goals. After 24 years, and in spite of owning four walkers, two canes, a wheelchair, and a mobility scooter, Gina maintains a hopeful and humorous outlook. Her journey is full of inspiration for anyone who's dealing with adversity while striving to achieve their goals. And as she realistically points out, everybody is struggling. Maybe it's a diagnosis, job loss, divorce, or addiction. MS just happens to be one of my challenges. No matter how difficult the hurdles, she will leave you feeling confident about learning from failure and getting up each time you fall. You'll be prepared to take control of your future. Through her experience, stories, wisdom, and humor, Gina proves that we all must stumble in order to ultimately rise. You will laugh and cry and be inspired to overcome your challenges and adversity while reaching goals along the way. So welcome to the show, Gina. I am so glad that you are here, and I'm very excited for everyone to have the chance to meet you. I always admired you from afar, and I remember the first time I had the opportunity to meet you, and you came up to me with your warm and wonderful personality and said, hey, I love your hair. How do you do it like that? And of course, as someone who takes pride in you know, having a nice hairdo, that always meant a lot to me, and you were just so warm and inviting right from the start. So thank you again for joining me today. Thank you, Corliss, and thanks for sharing that. That just really warms my heart, but I'm, I'm really happy to be here today and so honored you asked. Well, it is a thrill. So your bio gives us a snapshot of your personal challenges. Clearly, you are an EOO, but explain to us a little bit about what that means to you and how you have become one. All right. Well, first of all, when you're navigating any challenge, you really only have two choices before you. You can, one, either throw in the towel and call it quits, or two, you can press on and you can think outside of the box for solutions. So I've chosen to keep going in spite of several setbacks along the way. Uh, for example, when I started a business that many people doubted years ago would even have the potential to succeed, and then quickly after I moved to a state where I didn't know anybody, um, I definitely heard a lot of rejection, but I just kept going and I kept asking and I became okay with the word no. I heard enough no's in fact to really fuel my rise to the top of my top level of my company. And you know, I feel like all those no's that I heard really set me up for future success in my business. Um, also, um, when I was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis, I didn't let that stop me. I focused on exercise to maintain my strength. And um, another 
you know, curveball thrown our way is that when my husband and I wanted to start a family and we were diagnosed with unexplained infertility, we didn't, you know, change our goal of starting a family. We just changed the path that we were going to take to get there. So there are, as we all know, more ways to become a parent than just one. So we found an alternate route to achieve our end goal. And because of adoption, uh, 14 years ago, we have a smart, kind, and crazy fun 14-year-old son and an amazing family, all because we refused to let our circumstances determine our future. Now, when my MS pain level reached a point several years back where I couldn't function really without pain, just dominating each and every day, I decided to research and I implemented a new eating plan. I developed, really, it was an entirely new relationship with food. Um, I eliminated inflammation causing triggers like sugar and dairy and gluten that for me, my own body, those changes proved to make really a complete transformation of my entire life. Um, I was no longer, no longer trapped in this really like painful prison is how I kind of describe it. Um, because I had looked for an alternative, my pain level just nearly disappeared at that point. So yeah, I was thrilled. Um, then in 2018, I was toying with the decision to take advantage of my company's retirement program, um, something that they had in place for top-level leaders in my position. And for 23 years, I, prior to that, had been identifying myself really solely, well, in good part anyway, in that as that role, you know, so... I wondered, how am I even going to begin to really reinvent myself going forward? So a few months before the retirement actually fell into place, I stumbled and I fell into the edge of my kitchen granite countertop. And I have to say, I love the look of granite, but it is so hard. And I stumbled and, and, I, and I do this and fall quite frequently, but that particular time, it resulted in an injury to my lungs and some broken ribs. So I was actually really forced to take, take it easy and move into like recovery mode, I guess. So while I was doing that, I started writing my story. I thought maybe this was a good time. So it was something I'd always wanted to do, but I never, never before had I actually made the time to make this happen. And so I th really just threw myself into the whole writing process. As you know, Corliss, I mean, I became obsessed. I'm sure, you know, while you're in the midst of that, you were, you can relate, but I was writing and rewriting and reading and rewriting some more. And I wondered how in the world I was going to pull this off because I had no idea how to publish a book. I'd never done that before, but I just kept telling myself that there's a first time for every single thing that we accomplish, right? So when we're babies, we never walked until we walked for the first time, right? So 
I kept that vision of what I wanted in front of me. I wasn't just going to write this book, but I was going to become an Amazon best-selling author. And I posted that in my office. I know like the vision boards that you um, so often create and we all talk about, I, I was living that um, with my vision of becoming an Amazon best-selling author. And then miraculously on March 1st of last year, my book called Stumble to Rise, uh, My Life Surviving and Thriving with MS was published. And then five days later on March 5th, my book hit the number one bestseller spot in several different categories. And I became an Amazon bestseller. And coincidentally, that same day, March 5th of last year was my 50th birthday. So really exciting, exciting time. And so now I've reinvented myself as an author, a speaker, and and really because of all of this, I consider myself now an expert obstacle overcomer or EOO. And as you know, any EOO, I, I love to help others to find new pathways to achieve their own goals. So when the most obvious path is, is blocked, it really becomes our job to find a new way. And now my, my most favorite thing of all is hearing from people, you know, all over the world who've been impacted by my book. And the feedback that, that people are realizing and that I'm hearing from people is that no matter what their situation, they still have control, even when they feel that, you know, control has maybe um, been pulled, they've, they've received some news or they're going through some struggles and they feel maybe like control has been removed from them. They still have control over certain aspects of their life. Wow. I'm just so inspired by you. Your outlook is so incredible. And what I'm hearing is an incredible, incredible example of personal leadership. We don't always get to control the things that happen, but we do have a choice as to how we respond to it. So why don't you tell us just a little bit more about how do you remain positive through all the challenges, which clearly you've had a lot of. Sure, sure. So how I remain positive through all the challenges. Well, number one, I realize I only get one shot at this. We all do. Um, so we we have one life ahead of us and no matter what obstacles that I'm dealing with, no matter what might've been taken away or taken from me, I really have control over a few things in my life. Um, whether you know MS was thrown at me, infertility, business struggles, they all attempted to rob me of control, but they're never going to take away these three things. And I, I share these three things at really every talk I give. So number one, it's my job to be the healthiest version of me that I can possibly be. It's different for everybody. But for me, how I move my body, it, it may be different than, than others. My, my exercise may look, obviously, looks very different than other people. Um, I stumble and I, I do fall a lot. So I, I need to really um, focus on making sure that I have stability with every kind of move that I make so that I'm safe. Um, so, but it was up to me and continues to be up to me to, to find out what works for me and implement that daily exercise. And of course we are what we 
we are what we eat, right? So I'm the one who has control over what I put in my mouth. It's ultimately up to me. And it's my job, like I said, to be the healthiest version of me that I can be. Number two, um, and this one's really important. I surround myself with positive messages. So I make sure to read and listen to and learn on a daily basis. I really make sure that I I always remain open-minded. I don't ever want to assume that I know it all or that I've learned all that I can because the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. So I continue to, to, to learn and expose myself to, to things that will send me the right messages and open my mind even further. And then number three, I really, and I think this one's the most important of all, actually, I strive to maintain an attitude of gratitude. So if all that I focused on was what's gone wrong with me and the abilities that I've lost, like the fact that I can't walk three feet unassisted, well, then that's all I would see. So it's my job, not anybody else's, to be in charge of what's in my brain and what's in my heart. Because I choose to focus on what's good and, I, and, and what's right in my world. It's really like magic. I see more of those things when I focus on the good. What we focus on really does expand and nobody can take that away from you. No, nobody, no, no um, occurrence in life, no challenge can take that away from you. That's yours. So one of my very favorite quotes that I have to share, and I'm sure I'll end up sharing another one probably later, but one of my very favorite quotes um, is one that I, I include at the end of uh, every email that I send. It's actually my email signature line. It's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. And that's a quote by Epictetus that just means so much to me. You know, seeing life through your EOO eyes really is just such an inspiration. And I know it's the truth as well, because... A while back when we were talking about you coming to an event and us, you know, doing an event together. And I remember when I first reached out to you, you said, oh, you could push me over with a feather right now. And then you laughed and you said, well, on most days you probably could. And it, it just your incredible attitude and perspective on challenges and living through things like MS, a disease that, you know, can take over your body. And yet you still remain so positive and optimistic about your life and you find ways to find purpose to the pain and rise above it. It really is truly inspirational. I, I honestly can't even find the words at this moment to tell you how much it means to me for you to share this with everyone. Thank you, Corliss. I couldn't be more excited than to tell you about an event I'm hosting in Edmonton on May 2nd. It's called the LEAD Conference. This is the first event out of my home province and we are pulling out all the stops to bring you the best experience. We have the perfect mix of practical how-to training and inspirational speakers, real people who are leading their lives past personal hardship and limitations. And the venue? Well, you just gotta see it. 
I hold these conferences because I love being around motivated people. There is nothing like real life training, connection, and inspiration. I really hope you will join us so you can get inspired and energized to lead your best life. If you are looking to showcase your business, there are limited spots available at the event. Contact me through corliss.ca. And of course, to get your tickets to the Lead Conference Edmonton, head on over to Eventbrite. I definitely realize every single day, every single challenge, and I and I face those continually every single day, just the logistics of getting from point A to point B for me are written with challenges. So just those things alone that other people, I, I, I say other people in air quotes because, you know, who am I to judge what anybody else is going through? But when I'm having a moment, and I do have those moments where I think, gosh, just going from across, you know, this room to the other side for so many people is a brainless activity that they take for granted. And for me, it's a challenge. But then I realized, gosh, maybe I'm dealing with this, but maybe somebody else is dealing with a completely different set of challenges that I can't relate to um, exactly. So it helps me to remember that we are all struggling in different ways, but we are all struggling with something. There's not one person in the entire, on the globe that is immune from struggle. And it's not necessarily the struggle because that's real, right? It happens and it's there for everyone, but it's really how we rise and how we choose to see it and how we choose to embrace it and how we choose to move forward. You know, Gina, at this time, I really feel a need to say this because I remember at one time watching you, I mean, recognizing that I don't have MS. I've never had to deal with MS. It's not been my personal struggle, but I do know people have had it and who have been challenged from it. But you really taught me so much watching you about overcoming obstacles and putting a smile on and just moving forward. Because from afar, I watched you need to, you know, be in the wheelchair to the edge of the stage and then to like deliberately and intentionally try to take your steps to go and receive an award where you you know were being recognized for a category that other people would have used their disease as an excuse and you instead rose to the challenge you know went up there to receive it yourself and took the steps that you needed to with a great big smile and i just remember admiring you so much for your ability to overcome those obstacles and just remain positive and embrace it and you are truly such an inspiration. And I love the way that you say that everyone has their challenges. And the fact that one thing that I would have taken for granted, you know, like walking across the stage, watching you inspired me to see it differently. So I really want to thank you for that and acknowledge the fact that you're such a true leader and truly an EOO. Thank you, Corliss. That means so much that you remember that. And of course, those moments made a big make a big impression on me, but I hear from other people who have witnessed things like that, or they've read my book or whatever, and those things are impacting other people now. And nothing makes me happier, warms my heart more than hearing from people who have been impacted. So thank you for sharing that. 
You're very welcome, and I mean it with all my heart. So you referenced that everyone is facing their own battles and their challenges. What advice would you offer to people who are like right in the midst of it all at this very moment? All right. Well, first of all, remember that, uh, like I said before, nobody is immune to this. So you're going, expect that you're going to face some obstacles along your path. Um, and actually, I have some steps here that um, I jotted down that I thought, you know, these are things that I really implemented when I've been and still do when, I, when I'm working toward goals. Um, number one is I have a really clear goal in place. I know exactly the destination, you know, just like um, I think of there's an app that I love called Waze. And I, I'm, I have. I hope that maybe some of your listeners have used Waze before, but it's that GPS application that basically you put your destination in and then it's going to give you the best route to get there, but it's also going to take into account all the obstacles that you may face along the way. And instead of telling you, um, hey, you know what, this isn't going to work out, you need to go home, it's going to give you an alternate path. So know where you're going. And number two is make a map to get there. Um, And with this GPS app, this Waze app, um, what I love is that, yeah, it's it's helping you to to expect that there will be some roadblocks and to navigate another way around those roadblocks to achieve your goal destination. Um, And then also, I, I mean, I think it's just really important when you get there, to celebrate. I mean, my gosh, if you've made it, you know, half halfway, it's, it's a great time to celebrate. If you've made it to your goal destination and it's the final landing place for you, that's, you know, of course requires a big celebration, but I love celebrating those steps along the way too. I'm really big on that myself. So let's just jump to that question. So how do you celebrate your wins? Like, do you write them down? Do you go out for dinner? Like, what are the things? Because in all of the years of my coaching, what I've really recognized is that women have a hard time acknowledging themselves. Some men, of course, too, but primarily I coach women. So I've really noticed that kind of as a pattern and a habit where we just don't even realize how awesome we are. Like even the idea that a woman can get up early in the morning and get her family organized and out the door and get herself ready and have lunches prepared and supper or slow cooker and just be able to go and do her day and arrive at work on time and focus on that. I mean, that's such an amazing accomplishment, how many things can be juggled in a day just to do day-to-day life. So it's the matter of taking this small step back and just acknowledging our own greatness. So that's what celebrating the wins is all about, right? Tell us a little bit about how you do that. Like, how do you celebrate your wins? I love that. So true, Corliss. Um, yeah, along the way, it's so important. And for me, the the celebrations can be really small things. I'm not talking about, you know, it's not as if I have to go to a movie or go get my nails done or, or go out to dinner to feel celebratory. No, I'm talking about small things, you know, like um, maybe just like on my Pandora. I, I guess it's okay to say that, right? On my on my iPhone, I have Pandora and I'll sometimes um, turn on disco music. I, I have that as my kind of default music whenever I want to celebrate. 
Um, it's just fun. So whatever that fun music is for you, I will sometimes just play a disco song out of the blue whenever I feel like, hey, I feel like this is a moment I want to celebrate. Um, also, of course, just when I'm with my my son, my husband, I mean, there's so many things that I'm celebrating with them. And laughter is, for me, the biggest celebration. I truly find joy I, I look for joy and find joy and celebrate that regularly. And I would definitely say that laughter is one of those things that has gotten me through so many of the struggles. Um, in the midst of them, I find the humor. So when I'm celebrating, oh my gosh, there's so much to, to, to find, you know, the, the comedy in and uh, I really celebrate and have fun and, and make sure that I laugh therapy, laughter therapy is really a part of my daily existence. I love that. And I'll feed right into that too, that I have uh, a, a daily ritual. I love to journal and I'm always writing things down. So at the end of the day, I'll do a quick recap of like, what were my wins today? I'll just simply ask myself that question. And sometimes a win is even like, not reacting or like taking a deep breath when something feels like upsetting or someone does something that upsets me, taking a deep breath. And it's like, you know what? I've learned to kind of manage my own reaction to respond to things with integrity and grace, right? So like that could be a win. There's so many things that we could celebrate throughout the day. And I just like acknowledging that to myself, not from an ego way or a place, but more just from a place of celebration of like, you know what? I'm growing and I'm getting better each and every day. And that was a win. So counting those, I also have started working with that in my own family. Of course, I've just got my son at home now. And I mean, being that he's a teenager, he, he kind of resisted the idea, but every week we talk about what was a cool thing that happened this week. And it's become our daily or our weekly practice that every Sunday we actually write down something cool that happened in the week. He doesn't realize that we're celebrating wins, but I feel like I'm teaching him to acknowledge the cool stuff in his life and to look for goodness as well. And I know that's one of the things that you do all the time. And I appreciate the fact that you're willing to share that with us. So let's talk a little bit about when things don't go as planned. And you've talked about being flexible and looking for different solutions. Can you give us an example of like a time when something didn't go as planned? Perhaps it was actually even being diagnosed with MS or maybe it's something else, but how do you become flexible to find solutions to look for a different direction? Okay, great. Um, you know, one thing that just popped in my head when you said that was, um, gosh, several years back, I would say um, 10 to, uh, well, maybe eight to 10 years ago, I was in constant pain. And there's, um, for some people who have MS, you know, they deal with um, visual challenges or um, cognitive issues. I haven't had either of those, um, which I'm very grateful for, but pain actually was starting to plague me, like really intense, crippling pain. And when you're in the midst of that kind of situation, that becomes almost at times all you can see. Pain kind of takes over. Um, so you know, I was open to and always have been very open-minded about alternative therapies. And I was looking for something that might be helpful for me. 
And my sister actually started a journey of um, clean eating. And um, I then followed with um, really letting go of things in my life that weren't real. So, you know, the junk food, the sugar that I used to eat um, for five years now, I've been gluten-free, dairy-free, and sugar-free. And oh my gosh, the change that I saw in the way that I was eating, the, the change that I saw in the way I felt was absolutely amazing. And I think if I hadn't been open-minded, I think what I probably would have done is I would have just, you know, fallen more into a negative cycle of taking more drugs. And that's kind of the, um, you know, the painkillers and prescriptions that so many people, you know, you get prescriptions constantly when you go to the doctor. And I love my doctor, but she never would have recommended to me these kinds of changes. So I think I just had to be really open-minded and realize that there had to be alternatives. So making that change was an example, I guess, of a way that I had to be really open-minded to embrace a, a new, you know, an alternative to, to be able to continue focusing on the things that I wanted to focus on. I wanted to focus on, you know, achieving my goals and and enjoying life and finding the joy and the gratitude in every day. And when that was so clouded by the situation I was in with that pain for several years, um, I and I tried lots of other things that maybe didn't work. But when I found something that did, I ran with it and I haven't looked back. So clean eating. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I, what I'm really hearing here is that you've really chosen to be solution oriented. Like you're just like, let's find a way and to keep your attitude and your spirits bright and just be looking for solutions and being willing to be open and try different things. And somehow you can find those answers, right? But it begins with an attitude and with an open mind and a solution oriented focus. So that's what I'm really hearing and what you've said. So that's pretty brilliant. And I think as people are listening and you're thinking about your own challenges that you're in the midst of and you're struggling right now, or maybe you struggled in the past, or maybe you're going to face a struggle in the future. It's just part of life. Remember those key things that there's, there can be alternate solutions and you just have to have the attitude and the perspective of looking for them, embracing them and trying them until you find what's right for you. So anything to add to that, Gina? Um, yeah, I will say that um, having that attitude of gratitude along the way has really benefited me. So I remember, um, and I even referenced this in my book, I talk about my gratitude journaling and how when I was at the, the worst of my pain level, that's when I started this gratitude journal. And so often I think gratitude is something that people assume that you can only uh, focus on when everything's going right. And it's actually just the opposite for me. What I have to do is focus more on gratitude, especially when things are going wrong. <laughs> so when my gratitude journaling started was when my pain was actually at the highest level. It would be like a 12 on a scale of 1 to 10 by noon each day. And it was just a constant everyday thing. So at that point, if I hadn't really done uh, the gratitude journaling, 
I don't know that I would have been open-minded like I needed to be to look for the solutions. But sometimes my, my gratitude journal entries were things as simple as I woke up today. I put my feet on the ground when I got out of bed. You know, those were the things that I was, sometimes that's all I could find, but those were the things that I was most grateful for. What an amazing perspective. There's just so much value in what you just had to say. And there is so many things to be grateful for. And it is in the, the, great, the times of greatest difficulty that if we really look, there is still something good to be grateful for. You know, Tony Robbins, I've said it many times, and I will say it again because it stuck with me so strongly. I was at one of his events and he said, if you think that your troubles are big, look out into the rest of the world and see what other people are dealing with. And at that time, I had been having my own little pity party and I had gone to this event to try and build myself up and his words hit me so hard because it was like, you know, there's mothers in the world right now that are worried about the safety of their children because there's war going on around them. Like, are my troubles really that significant? And it's not that I mean to belittle anything that anybody's going through. What I was going through was hard and it was, but it's like it just offers a new perspective that there's always something to be grateful for. And if you hang on to that in your, your big times of struggle, you will find it easier to rise and to overcome them and to become an EOO. So I have three closing questions that I ask all of my podcast guests before we ask you those, Gina, do you have anything else that you want to offer up as value for those who are listening today? You know, I think we've, we've really hit on some of my main tenants, but um, celebrating each day and finding the joy I think that's um, central really to um, everything that that we talked about and uh, something that I know I would suggest everybody listening really look for. I mean, the minute you get off this podcast, really uh, look for what it is that you're most grateful for right now, just today in the here and now and really celebrate that. I love it. Thanks so much. Now, I do ask these questions at the end of every podcast, just because there's probably many books that you've read. There's many things that you've, different podcasts that you've listened to, and you've even referenced an app that you use, which personally I haven't used, and I'm definitely going to be checking out. But if you were right now to recommend one book besides your own, because we all need to get your book, that I know for sure, but one book that you'd recommend that everybody read and one podcast that you recommend that they listen to, um, which ones would you recommend as of today? Okay, well, I tell you what, there's so many choices here, but I'm gonna think back to one that really helped to, a, a book that really did help to kind of navigate for me some basics, and that was Jack Canfield's The Success Principles. Um, and I loved his principle number one, which is, take 100% responsibility. So when I when I really embraced that one, um, I guess no matter what was happening to me, rather than looking for others and, um, you know, outlets to blame on my situation, um, I then really decided to make that decision that, yes, this is on me. I didn't cause myself necessarily to have MS, but it's my responsibility now to take 100% responsibility and find what I can do to manifest a different, you know, outcome or, or future trajectory. Um, 
And then as far as podcasts, you know, there are so many and I listen to different ones depending on what I need at that moment and what I might be doing. So like while I'm exercising, I might listen to a different one than when I'm, you know, trying to be really calm and and, um, maybe more meditational. So uh, speaking of meditation, I think that's a really powerful tool that I've tapped into and absolutely love that. Um, I Anything by Deepak, Deepak Chopra, I listen to some of Deepak's work. Um, there is also another app that I have to mention called Calm, C-A-L-M. And I use that to um, just kind of make sure that I don't forget to meditate and do that regularly. Um, There's also on that Calm app, there's a little feature of that that I use to help me do something that I never did until this past year, and that's take naps. Um, It sounds crazy, but just like everything, you know, every cell phone issue that you ever have or computer issue, what do you do first? You're supposed to power down Well, taking those afternoon naps for me has just been essential um, in really feeling more strength and uh, powering down there. Um, And another, let's say, oh, the Tony Robbins podcast is one that um, I think is just for anybody who's looking to really go places and be forward thinking. I think that's just a really um, basic always 100% always going to be a a great resource for you and you'll get what you need from it when you do listen. Wow. I can't believe that you've referenced two of my absolute favorites, the success principles. I believe so strongly in those principles that I actually became a certified success principles coach through Jack Canfield. And of course, as you know, and I've mentioned earlier that I've been to Tony Robbins events, everything that those, um, those, the theories and the concepts that are taught there have completely impacted my life. So we're very much aligned there for sure with recommendations. So based on where you're at in your life right now, considering all the things that you have learned through your highs and your lows, what two pieces of advice would you offer everyone? Hmm. Okay. Um, I guess number one is really to look at your stumbles, uh, your roadblocks, your obstacles. Look at those as gifts. They are teaching moments. So when things go wrong, you know, that's the, the best opportunity to learn. And uh, so embrace those mishaps. Um, They should be celebrated just like we celebrate the wins. We should also celebrate when things don't go right. Um, Those those are just vital to our, to our existence, to our, you know, to, to be able to thrive. You have to learn to accept and celebrate when things go wrong. Um, And really the second thing I'm going to say is just to learn from those things because if we don't take anything from them, if we just take those things and we internalize them and and we, you know, get stuck, then we haven't really learned from the situation. But whenever you learn and you do better, um, just like we say, you know better, you do better. Um, you'll learn and then you're actually able to improve the your future and your situation. Wow, what brilliant advice. So if you had the power to change one thing in the world, what would it be? 
Oh, goodness. Um, To narrow that to one thing, I guess I'm going to really focus on something that, you know, I tell my son something every single day um, that I hope will, he will take. And really, I'd love to see just the entire universe celebrate. And that is uh, kindness. So um, every day when my son is leaving to go to school, I tell him, just something simple that I, I actually learned from reading a book years ago called, um, oh gosh, um, <laughs> it was called The Help. That really, that, that great story called The Help. Um, so I tell him every single day before he leaves, you are smart, you are kind, and you are very important. Those three things. And that kindness piece of the puzzle, um, I feel like he knows he's smart and I feel like he knows that he's important because he's in this family and we, we give him, you know, all those, you know, we, we give him accolades, but, um, kindness, I tell him also to whom much is given much is expected. So if you feel like you've been given a lot from this podcast or from Corliss or from, Jack Canfield or, you know, from the universe or your parents, whatever, make sure then that you're taking that and spreading that kindness to others. If we all did that, can you imagine the world we'd be living in? The world would be a much better place. So what does leadership mean to you? Oh, I love that question, Corliss. Uh, Leadership to me means that you see in others oftentimes more than they see in themselves. And for me, I I know so many people have told me that I've done that for them through the years. And even when, when someone doesn't believe that they are capable of greatness, it's amazing when you show them what you see for them, how they rise to the equation or rise, I'm sorry, to the occasion. (laughs) And uh, I also just wanted to share one little quote here that um, I, I have this quote in my book and uh, I, I love that how this speaks to me, but it, it says, we delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but we rarely admit the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty. And that was Maya Angelou, one of my favorites. But yeah, we've, we've all struggled And uh, we're all dealing with our own challenges. But when somebody believes in us, no matter what we've been through, it's amazing how it really paves our way. Well, you're certainly demonstrating leadership at its finest and showing an excellent example of everything that you do. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this conversation with you, Gina. Thank you again for being here. And for all of the listeners, I'm going to highly recommend that you grab your copy of Gina's book, Stumble to Rise, and you can grab that right over there on Amazon. Thanks again, Gina. Thank you, Corliss. I appreciate it. And I enjoyed chatting with you. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.